And I think it's not just about being compliant with the policy, right? It, the policies are in place to protect the students, to protect staff, and protect everyone around us. So I think that's why the face coverings matter. listening to the Aggie Parent and Family Podcast, a podcast for parents and families of USU Aggies. Here we share practical advice from leading USU experts and students to help guide both you and your student in your journey at Utah State. My name is Isaiah Jones. I am the Parent Program Coordinator at Utah State University. I'm Nikki Campbell. I'm a director at the Utah Department of Health. And I'm John Pullman, Senior Director at Leva Partners. Well, great. Well, thanks for joining us, friends. Before we get started, Nikki, you could tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you have some exciting blue blood in you. And then, John, you could say what you do and go from there. So I'm Nikki Campbell. I am a director at the Utah Department of Health. And yes, Isaiah, I did go to Utah State. I actually knew Isaiah at Utah State when I attended from 2007 to 2011 and lived in the LLC. So many good years, so many good times. And I guess all I have to say to that is go Aggies. Thank you, Isaiah. I wish I were an Aggie in a lot of ways. You guys, at least one degree from there. You guys are awesome. I work at Leva Partners. It's a public health consulting firm. And my relevance to this podcast over the past uh, six months, we've been helping the state of Utah and their reopening guidelines. That's included working with K through 12 in their reopening plans and also with the Utah System of Higher Education COVID Task Force on their reopening plans. Well, thanks to both of you for joining us. And so we're two weeks into the semester. The students are here. It's been really exciting. Different to see them all with face coverings, but everyone's been kind of following the guidelines as we've gone through, which is exciting. The local community has been really supportive. I think as we've gone through, we've all sort of made those small tweaks as we go. You know, we have these plans and then you start to do things like, oh, we might want to make that change a little bit. But one thing is in our office, transition services, we, we deal a lot with parents and, and the incoming students, but we we also help students when they're current students sort of with their transition here at USU. So maybe we'll just start out with the first question, some questions that we've been getting, and Nikki, we'll start with you. The first one is, why is USU taking these Utah health and CDC precautions for the fall 2020? So the state color-coded phase guidelines you're referring to, Isaiah, for your listeners are easily accessible at coronavirus.utah.gov website. And I think to unveil some of the questions that you maybe alluded to around them, like where did they come from, I do want to give a little shout to those who worked so hard on them since a long time ago. They've been going for a couple months now. So we worked with a lot of people to create these phase guidelines. And we had state and local health leadership, leadership from the governor's office, our wonderful executive director, Rick Saunders, Dr. Joseph Miner, who's the chief medical advisor to the governor's office and to the Utah Department of Health, Dr. Angela Dunn, our state epidemiologist. I think many of us know her from her press conferences, local health office and um, local health department leadership, especially Jordan Mathis from Tri-County. Lots of subject matter experts, including environmental health. They kind of regulate the restaurants and pools and other areas that 
a lot of people maybe take for granted their amazing work. We worked with trade and business associations and the Economic Response Task Force, as well as the wonderful people at Levitt Partners, such as John and his wonderful team. So the state phase guidelines are a tiered approach to reopening the economy safely. Here in the state of Utah, we are doing so well. And I think part of the reason behind that is because we reject a one-size-fits-all approach. So we created these guidelines, again, with that huge team that is so amazing, keeping in mind that health and economy are inextricably connected. Nobody wants life to go back to normal more than those of us on this team, and I think all of us really, but we all want life to go back to normal. And by taking the precautions outlined in the phase guidelines, we are much better able to reactivate the economy, flatten the COVID-19 curve, and protect one another. I'll just add to that if I can, Isaiah, on this task force COVID committee with Utah System of Higher Education, President Cockett was, if I were going to articulate why she really wants to take this seriously, is she wants the campus to stay open for in-person education in the fall and feels like it's really important to take these precautions if you're going to do it. If you want that, that's what you want. And we assume that the students want that as well because they're not taking online courses only. They've wanted to come back to campus. So I think that's one thing that the second thing I just add as far as why taking caution is I think the university just really cares about the health of students, faculty, and staff. And these precautions are really not meant to take the fun out of college, but to keep things open and keep people safe. I think our listeners will be glad to know that we didn't shoot from the hip when <laughs> making these precautions and taking them seriously. But Nikki, something that you said, and, and John as well, that I thought was really helpful was that the economic and the health, the intersection between those two things, I think is really helpful, you know, as a lot of small businesses, especially, I think at some point, the unemployment rate was something like 30 million just around the country. I know Utah's done a really good job, but for a lot of people, they're like, it seems like it's an either or, like either you take the health seriously and the economy crashes, or you take the economy really seriously, and then you just don't seem very sensitive to vulnerable populations, people of color, the, the list goes on and on, but as well as just people who are getting sick and going in and out of the hospital. We had a lot of, of our meat plant workers over the summer in Hiram, Utah, who there was a huge outbreak that happened there. But the other thing is, John, like you said, just to stay open, that in-person experience is so key and so pivotal. I know Nikki remembers like the social aspect of USU. Obviously, we have the academic component and that's huge. That's central. That's in the mission. But along with that, we also have people are paying, right? That's the financial aspect or they're on scholarship. But that social dimension and the awesome moment where we can all connect later on in life, a big part of it is, hey, we were in the LLC together and things like that. And so I think that's been helpful to know that all of these things have been taken into consideration as we've transitioned to the fall. So thank you both for sharing that. Another big question that parents have asked and students as well is, what if I'm not worried about COVID-19, right? I know early on in the pandemic, we heard that quite a bit, is super healthy. It's not super different than the flu. We've heard most of the popular things that have been trending on social media. But why do students, faculty, and staff wearing face coverings? Why does it even matter at all? Maybe we'll start with John and then go to you, Nikki. I think there are two things, Isaiah, to that that really come to mind. One is People tend to think that bad things don't happen to them. They only happen to other people. And so we can underestimate the risk, especially when it's a new risk that we don't know a lot about. But things can happen. And speaking to students, oftentimes, who I think feel more of the invincible, there was just a study, a peer-reviewed study that came out 
yesterday of 3,200 18 to 34 year olds that were hospitalized. Almost 3% of them died. 20% of them required intensive care. One in 10 of them needed a ventilator. And some of them didn't actually go home. When they got left hospital, they went to a further rehab facility. So it really debunks this myth of it's not going to happen. You know, no bad comes if I get it. I think the second thing is this ability to maybe you don't aren't affected, but you're going to carry that to someone else. You know, who are you doing it for? And that can be people you're interacting with directly. If you're trying to keep your family members safe, you might be more vulnerable, people with uh, conditions that make them much more susceptible, or you're just trying to create an environment where everyone can participate. I was thinking recently about how people in wheelchairs didn't used to be able to get down curves because they didn't have the decline ramps or the, all these things. Along came ADA and suddenly there's all these abilities for people to in wheelchairs to have access. It kind of reminds me of COVID is if, if people take these precautions, then everyone can go out and participate and be active. If you're a vulnerable population, you can't go to the store if other people aren't wearing masks. You become more at risk. If you all pitch in and do it, then everyone can live as most normal life off. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, John. Nick, did you want to add to that? I think even if you're not personally worried about getting COVID-19, a lot of people our age believe that they will just bounce right back, which certainly may be the case, and we hope that's the case. But we really should realize that there are tons of individuals who are immunocompromised or at higher risk for severe complications from COVID-19 who we are coming into contact with every single day. And that by wearing our masks, and by having concern for them, we are really helping to protect their health. Wearing a cloth face covering is such a simple and effective way to care for others. So is hand hygiene and physical distancing, as well as staying home when you're sick. But I just think it makes complete sense for all of us to show this care for others. I actually tuned in to your podcast with Whit Milligan, who I worked with when I went to USU. And she mentioned that students have to wear masks in res halls. So by doing so, students are also being compliant with USU policies. And I I think it's not just about being compliant with the policy, right? It, the policies are in place to protect the students, to protect staff, and protect everyone around us. So I think that's why the face coverings matter. You probably remember, Nikki, and, and John, you may have heard about in, in Uteland is the notion of the Aggie family, right? Is that on our campus, we are a family. And you mentioned the American Disabilities Act and how that enabled people to participate on a wider scale within the community and to be able to contribute. We have a phrase here, Aggies Think, Care, Act. It's really helpful when we're all in this together, we're able to have those in-person experiences. Also the social component that we love so much, we're better able to do it because people are going to cooperate. But the vulnerable population, I myself have Mm -hmm. asthma, I feel more comfortable going to the Spectrum, our basketball arena, or Maverick Stadium, our football stadium, or frankly, just going up and down our student center, just knowing that these precautions are being taken seriously. And the other thing is, if I were asymptomatic, so I wasn't showing any symptoms, and I was just walking around and breathing on humanity, it is nice to know that, hey, if I'm wearing a face covering, something small, the the research suggests that I may save someone's life, or frankly, I just don't want to get people sick. (laughs) There's a sense, I think some of us forget what it's like, pre-COVID world, at least here in the U.S. and more specifically Utah, that it's not super fun to get sick in general, especially if you have plans. Death doesn't need to be the only concern. Sometimes it's just like, yeah, I really don't want to be out for like two weeks. I had some plans to participate in the Aggie Live. So both of those things that you both said are helpful. 
Yeah, Isaiah, I have um, a last point, just it sucks. Uh, I have a niece, 26 years old. She got COVID. She couldn't taste anything for a month. That alone is enough for me. To, <laughs> I mean, I, I like my ice cream, you know, I like my snacks and like that's pretty brutal punishment. I'll, I'll wear a mask just to avoid that alone. Yeah, fair enough. Listeners can't see me, but some have seen me before. I'm not Greek, but I love Greek food. And that alone would be enough for me to be pretty upset at somebody. So I agree with you there. Another big question that we get is, what would you say to students who think that wearing face coverings is just a political issue? I know that some of us, especially myself around holidays and things like that, try to avoid political issues. Typically, I like to make a lot of jokes. Thanksgiving, I try to focus on football. But these days, it's kind of like, man, if I don't say anything about some of these issues, you know, it makes me look not super great. And so I know that for a lot of people, especially with the election coming up in November, it kind of, after March, was very quickly politicized. What would you all say? Is, is it just a political issue, Nikki, or is there something more to it? So wearing masks is not a political issue, right, Isaiah? For 140 years, we've known that they prevent the spread of disease. Mask wearing is very well supported by various studies, as you mentioned. And they really decrease your risk of inhaling enough COVID-19 to actually be infected by it. Most of us know there is no treatment for COVID-19 at this time. So as Dr. Miller from U of U Health has said, masks are our medicine right now until we have an effective treatment or vaccine. I think it's pretty unfortunate that mask wearing has become so politicized and viewed as a visual representation of a certain type of person. I think the only thing a mask should really represent visually for a person is the care that they're taking for those around you or around themselves, as well as the care that they have for themselves. I will leave it with a quote from our CDC director, Robert Redfield, who says, we are not defenseless against COVID-19. Cloth face coverings are one of the most powerful weapons we have to slow and stop the spread of the virus. Thank you, Nikki. And that, that's really helpful. I think that sense of here, we have a lot of face coverings now that have sort of our Aggie brand on them, have the use state and things like that. And it, it is a helpful reminder that as we're all wearing these, because we're way connected, we're essentially a family. And so that's one way we've tried to go about it at USU. What about you, John? Was, is there anything you'd want to add to that? Yeah, this, one, this one's tricky. Isaiah, we have similar situations in my family. There's actually a sign at our cabin that says no politics. It's just a general rule because we found through experience that it doesn't bring people together. And I think we need to kind of have, frankly, respect from both sides. I know people who don't wear masks and they have their own logical reason for that. And I think it's not worth getting in fights over. I think you should we continue to be respectful. I don't know what changes people's minds for that. I think being an example, sometimes just wearing your mask, even if someone doesn't believe in it, there's enough peer pressure for them to get to do it. I, I've seen this go both ways. I was in an event where I was one of the only people wearing a mask and I felt kind of stupid and I kind of took it off and when I was further away from people just trying to fit in as much and didn't feel good about myself there. And then I was in another setting where it was kind of a mixed group and I was talking to someone, I was wearing a mask and I was holding my kid. And as we talked during the conversation, they put on their mask. And I think just out of respect for me and I, it just seems like there's an opportunity, you know, leave the politics out of it. Keep it as respect. I love the, you know, Aggie's a big family. You got a family culture. 
and just be a good example about it. And I, that can go better than preaching to someone who you feel from both sides. Well, now I know why my cabin experience isn't as, as good as it could be, John. So, so thank you for that. I'll have to borrow, borrow the sign. I love it that you guys have USU masks, so you can rub the Aggies while you're oh, wearing yeah. your mask. Yeah, at minimum, hey, at least we can show off the Aggie thing. It's I think really we need to get John see. one of those. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'd <laughs> wear it. <laughs> Good. I'd wear it. <laughs> well, another big question that we get is the sense of the social experience. We've kind of touched on that, and we've had a lot of parents and family members who are alum, right? Their legacies. And they're just concerned that their student isn't getting the, the same experience that they received when they were here. And so how can we ensure that students, that fun social aspect of their college experience this fall 2020, while simultaneously taking the COVID precautions seriously? Nikki, I thought you'd be a good one to touch this because we all had a really good time in the LLC. So sometimes my heart goes out to him because it's like, I don't know if I would have been the greatest in my prime wearing the face covering. So we could talk to our younger selves. What would you say? That's a good question. I think we're both pretty social people. And lately, I've been wearing my mask in all public areas, observing physical distancing as appropriate, using hand sanitizer a lot more than I used to. And I don't really feel like most social aspects of my life are falling down. I do think students can still have a September to remember and an awesome fall semester while they're taking these COVID precautions seriously, they're really pretty basic. The small things we can do to protect the most vulnerable all around us, like we mentioned, the face mask that we've been talking about almost this entire podcast, hand hygiene, physical distancing, and staying home when we're sick. I don't think any of that would get in your way of hiking the wind caves, taking a bike ride, or going and getting Aggie ice cream, which is probably what I would tell my younger self to do. That's all sound advice to the listeners. What about you, John? Well, we didn't have much fun down in Utah, University of Utah. So it, uh, we were all just heads down anyway. No, this is hard. And I think instead of comparing it to uh, a world without COVID is a world if there was just a constant outbreak and we couldn't go to school at all. So it will be different and there has to be some modifications. And I think one thing you can take is won't be that way forever. I think there's a promising timeline on uh, vaccines. And so we could be in an environment pretty soon where we don't have to be as cautious as we are being now. And I think we should look at that as a goal that, that we work towards. As Nikki said, there's still tons of things you can do that are fun. I think students are creative. They can find those opportunities. It might be a time in which you make more meaningful relationships with fewer people than trying to get to know everyone at every party that you can and think that has its own own benefits. So it's kind of remember this is a season, do all the fun things you can, but recognize some behavioral change will just change the experience, but it, it doesn't have to ruin it. I like that, John. I think it's, it's definitely healthy in all aspects of life, right? To not always compare things to what they were before, but to picture what the substitute would be, which is starting and stopping till the end of the age, which I should put in some sort of book. But you know what I mean? The, the sense of like, oh my goodness, like, let's do this again. Okay, let's start again. Let's move in. Let's move out. I think it's more like, how can we have that sense of radical acceptance so that we can start to embrace the world as it is on the one hand, but also to make things better, Like right? We have to first accept it is what it is right now. And the quicker we can do that, the quicker we can start being creative as Aggies, helping the community and starting to come together to find solutions to these 
these problems as they come up? A pretty big question. I tried to gather the most common question, both from our ambassadors, our A-team, and just the students walking around. And this seems to be the one. So I put this up to both of you. What will next semester look like? Is it going to be similar? We've, we've kind of touched on it, John. Maybe we'll start with Nikki and, and John, you can jump in after that. Next semester being spring semester in Logan? Yeah, spring semester in Logan. Besides that, there could be snow. I think spring semester in Logan looks like a lot of puffy jackets, the sweaters, gloves. It gets really cold up there. I always used to wonder why I didn't go to summer school fall semester and sit out spring semester. But, you know, the crazy thing is most of us really don't know. We can't tell the future. The main thing we can do is focus on what we can do now. And as John mentioned, we can all kind of take these baby steps to protect one another and ourselves and really just care for those around us. I really love what you've been talking about today, Isaiah, as standing together as a community. I do think that is something that the Aggies really excel at. One thing as a state, so going back to something you mentioned earlier, the state of Utah has the lowest unemployment rate in America right now at only 4.5%, which is about half of the U.S. rate. We also have the second lowest case fatality rate in the nation. So one thing I know for sure is for spring semester, your students chose the right state to go to school in. But none of us can tell the future, so I don't know, other than wear warm clothes. Very helpful advice. I'm from Georgia, so I had to make sure I had my warm clothes. That's something you don't want to miss out on. And you could maybe prevent yourself from getting sick with a jacket, right? Georgia, you're wearing warm clothes uh, 10 months of the year then, probably. I totally get why everyone wants to know the future. I think similar to Nikki, I would say next semester looks like what the students, what the Aggies want it to look like. I think in it, because it's so influenced by their behavior. I was reading about the University of Illinois yesterday, which actually is a, it did amazing things in preparing. They're doing, they're testing their students twice a week. They have this app where students can't go to class unless they're show that they're clear, just outstanding protocols, and they're having a huge outbreak because people, what they didn't account for is students were testing positive and still going to parties. And so they have to, they have to shut things down. And with, if that's the type of student behavior, then things don't look the same as if you have a student body who just owns up to the environment, starts participates in the best way possible in order to keep the virus at bay. I think the second thing I'd say, and this is with the task force that I've really liked with the task force, is all of the universities right now and colleges are learning from each other. We meet every week and we're seeing what each one is doing, what's working, what's not working. And there is no desire to do inconvenient things that don't make a difference. And I hope that what this fall semester is, is we're going to refine, we're going to know more about the virus, more studies are going to come out. And we're going to be able to fine tune what are the inconveniences that we just need to deal with and what are those things that really aren't making a big difference. So I don't know exactly what those are going to be, but I expect that in spring things might be a little looser and we'll be a little more honed. So it's not everything's going to kill us, but let's focus on a few really fundamental basic things and live our lives in other ways the best we can. Thanks, John. And, and as Vicky alluded to, I was an athlete, so I'm always like, let's go into halftime with the lead. You know, you don't want to come out and you're down 50, 60 points and then try to make the adjustments later. I think it's good to, in football at least, the first like seven plays are scripted. A lot of people don't know this. And so you just kind of do what you think will work. And then after those seven plays, you start to make adjustments as you go throughout the game. 
And then after the half, you're not going to like change your offense, but there's certain tweaks that you're going to give. And I think the biggest thing I learned from that was just, yeah, you want to make sure that you, you go in with the game plan as much as possible, make the changes as you can. Obviously, none of us, like you said, want to put in some big inconvenient. Let's start from ground zero again. But a lot of that entails is everyone doing their part, everyone executing. We used to say, do your job in football, but just this sense of, we really do need everyone matters on the team, including the kickers. We need everyone because you never know what situation we're going to be in where we need someone to kick. Is there anything that I've left out that the you two would want to add or encouragement or cautions or anything before we take off? I'll add one, Isaiah. And I think if there are outbreaks or challenges that happen at the university, it's not going to be because of what goes on on campus. It's going to be about what's going on off campus. And Nikki and I, we've been working on these guidelines for all these months. We get so many, you know, whether it's a restaurant or a gym or something, and they're, they're asking about all these specific rules we laid out, and they're kind of pushing back on, on the rule, but they, they aren't thinking about the why behind the rule. And what I would encourage students to be thinking about is not just, okay, this is the rule, this is the policy, this was that I have to behave, but thinking about the why behind it. Why are we doing masks? Well, it's because it reduces the droplets expelled, which is the main driver. You know, why are we doing mass gathering? Why can't I go to a party? Well, it's because one person can, has literally infected hundreds of people at certain events. And so I think understanding the why behind these and seeing that on campus will help them when you're off campus where there are no rules. There's no requirements to wear your mask in certain settings, but understanding that why I think will, will, can influence your behavior off campus where it's really, it's really gonna matter the most. That is something to think about. It's actually kind of motivating us, even for faculty and staff, right? Because we're in similar situations, right? Like we get invited to all of these things, some of them, as you attest to, can get awkward because you're like, oh, man, I like, used to be, you know, I put on my mask now and they think they know my politics. But at the same time, it's like, you know what? It's not about me. It's about having that in-person experience, but also not ruining it for so many people who've done so much work and put in so much thought and so much planning. And just to have selfishly in that moment to say, I'm going to bow out. It's kind of like, man, what a small, it's just a small thing a little bit of discomfort for a whole semester of having that Aggie experience. So I really appreciate you adding that. John, really so many, I won't tell the youths yeah. who did it, but. Hey, I don't, I don't have a shame to say, go Aggie. There, there's not a lot of uh, sports that we're competing with this semester. So <laughs> it makes it a, <laughs> it's a great time to be cheering each other on. Go Aggies. Go Aggies. Go Aggies.